Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Are you ready? There's a mission should you choose to accept it. And I believe that same thing is what God is asking of us today. I have a mission for you should you choose to accept it. Amen. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that today's message is titled Discipleship Defined. Discipleship Defined. Discipleship Defined. What is a disciple? What is it? I mean, if that's the mission that God has for us, is to go and make disciples, what is a disciple? Does anybody know? Want to come up and tell the group what a disciple is? They're like, no, you've been working on this this week. Why don't you tell us, right? I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and get into Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments. Somebody say all. All the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your teaching that, is, that your word is like a double-edged sword cutting between bone and marrow. And Lord, as we feel that today, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd set us free. Set us free from old mindsets. Set us free from old ways of thinking. And Father, maybe even to get, set us free from new ways of thinking and into the old ways in which you've done things, God. And we just, we just invite you into this moment to speak to us, to teach us, and to grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Where are my note takers? We have some note takers here today. Good. Here's the first point for my note takers. My mission is to make disciples. My mission is to make disciples. Now, this is part four of our series, Simplify to Strengthen. Uh, is anybody having fun with this series so far? I, I know that our, our, uh, our volunteers are having fun with this series because they don't have to set up as much stuff and things have been simpler. Can I tell you, like, this simple worship was so good. It was so good for me. Now, does that mean that it's not good when we, when we, have, when we got the drums up there just getting it down? No. That, does it mean it's not good when we have harmonies going all over the place? No. Does it, not, does it mean it's not good when we've got flashing lights and all these other things? No, it doesn't mean it's not good. But I tell you what, there's something so good about simple. Just being simple. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be like that forever. But it's, it's fun to just simplify things for a little while. Are you with me? We have a mission. Somebody say, we have a mission. We have a mission from God. How many of us know that comfort is not one of the qualifiers when going on a mission? Do you know that? Comfort is not one of the qualifiers when going on a mission. Now, I think the church today has gotten kind of mixed up. When we look at, like, I've had people say, like, hey, how do I become a pastor? Like, like what's, what are the, what's the benefit package of being a pastor? And, and you know, like, when do you get to retire in being a pastor? And how does all of that work? Now, I, I get it. That's how our world works. But can I tell you something? When you, when you decide to go after Jesus with your whole heart and become a disciple, this is what we're going over today, when you become a disciple, your life is no longer your own. What hours do I work? The hours I'm awake. Are you with me? Right? Like, when will I retire? The answer is never. Never. 
as long as I have breath in my lungs, I will share the gospel and share it with somebody. I might be 80, 100 years old, sitting in my, 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 home, my funeral home, whatever it is, like, and I'm going to be telling people. Oh, I might come right out of the funeral home. You better watch out. Just scare the bejeebies out of that guy. Are you with me? Like, Jesus wants you. He'll be like, okay. <laughs> Are you with me? Anything can happen. Oh, it feels so good to walk around. I got to tell you. I'm sorry for the camera guy. He's, say, we love you, Pete. Pete was so blessed for the last two weeks, and I had a bum knee, and I had to sit on a stool in one spot, and he didn't have to move these cameras around for everybody. Sorry, Pete. That rain is over. He's going to trip me? Wow. We have, we have a, uh, a new ministry, the bodyguard ministry. If anybody would like to sign up and just keep Pete from tripping me, that would be awesome. So good. That's so good. Did you know that the word disciple is mentioned in the New Testament 269 times? 269 times in the New Testament. Now, if you open your Bible, some of you are like, okay, well, it's a pretty big Bible. I guess I could see that. That makes sense. You know, no, like if we flip over here to Matthew and stop, that means you've got to not count all of that. That means 269 times just in that part. 269 times Jesus is talking about disciples. Can somebody say it's important? It's important. I lost my place now. Here we go. Flipping the Bible around. That's what happens. It's important. You know that the word Christian is only mentioned three times? And believers only mentioned twice? So the emphasis on disciples. He didn't say, go therefore and make Christians of everyone. Go, therefore, and make believers of all men. He said, go and make disciples. So what's the difference? Oh, I'll be honest with you. I think, I think most of the Christian church, at least in America, we probably sit on those other two spots. I want, I, my mission is to go and make Christians. My mission is to go and make believers. You want to know the difference? Here we go. Oh, man, it's getting crazy. Are you okay with this today? Are you okay? You know... I'm, gonna, I'm skipping around. Forgive me, you guys. It's going to happen. I told him, I'm like, this is going to be crazy today. It's going to be crazy. That's right. Come on. You know, when I was in high school, I had, God told me that I was going to join the Marine Corps. He told me, right? It was this crazy thing, this crazy moment, but he told me I was going to join the Marines. Now, it didn't make sense because I was becoming a youth pastor at the time. This is what where my heart was going. I'm like, why would you ask me to go do this? It's in the middle of, of, of all the, the fights in Afghanistan and all the things like that. My, when I told my mom, this is what I feel God's telling me to do, she had just gotten done watching someone getting their head cut off in the news. And she's like, you want me to say what to what? But I know that's what God told me to do. Now, and when God gave me that vision, you know what I went and did? I went and bought, I went and bought a T-shirt. Now, I got, to, I got to borrow this today because, because one of our children's workers, she's so amazing, Misty, she, she was wearing this today, and I said, hey, are you going to be in service today? She's like, no, I'm going to be in kids. I was like, oh, darn, I was, I was going to use your, your sweatshirt as an example. And she's like, well, you can have it. And so she gave me the sweatshirt, and I was like, okay, awesome. I, I, was th I think there was a little nervousness on her face, like, are you going to put it on? Like, I'm like, I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to put it on. In boot camp, I could have put that on. You're right, you're right. You know, but I'm twice the man I used to be in the name of Jesus. But I remember I went and bought a T-shirt that said USMC on it, 
all of a sudden, I became a fan. Are you with me? I got all excited. I remember going to DEP, and, and they would do these exercises and try to prepare you to go into boot camp. And, and I went into the DEP program, and, and I, I went and did pull-ups. And I already knew I was going to be a, a Marine, so my, my, my uh, PE teacher, he was, a, he was a Marine. And so he says, oh, you're going to join the Marines? So he, for months, I had been training on how to do pull-ups. I went from 13 pull-ups. Come on, how many can do 13 pull-ups? I went from 13 pull-ups to doing over 30. Because he trained me how to, how to work on different muscle groups and different things. So when I went into the depth program, doing pull-ups was no big deal. I, I beat everybody in the program. In the, and so I got, this little, I got this little beanie that said Marines on it. So now I'm sitting there with my, my USMC t-shirt and my beanie that says Marines. Now, you also have to know that I had long curly hair sticking out of the bottom of that. Something does not belong. Are you with me? But all of a sudden I became a fan. I became a fan of the Marine Corps. I became a fan of being a Marine. But you know what? Something changed when I went to boot camp. First of all, I thought, my life is over. As soon as I hit those yellow footprints, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I remember talking to one of the other guys, and they said, hey, you ever watched Full Metal Jacket? And I said, no. And he said, you're an idiot. I'm like, oh, why? Because you would have known what to expect coming here. Right? And so all in the midst of all that stuff, it went from the, that next three months I earned what they call an EGA, the Eagle Globe and Anchor. I earned it, and I became a Marine. See, I went from being a fan to being on mission. See, I think a lot of churchgoers are fans of Jesus. See, we come in, we, we, we come in wearing our Jesus T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. We even, we even put on a Jesus hat. Are you with me? And we, we're like, yeah, Jesus. And we get into church and we're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. It's so good. Right? Wait, we get to Easter. Come on, Easter. This, right. this place is going to be full. Yes. It's going to be full of, of, the, of that 2% and 1%. Right? Are you with me? They're going to be fans of Jesus. How many of us are fans of Jesus, but we're not on mission? We're not on mission. We haven't even gotten close. We might have the T-shirt. We might have the hat. But I tell you what, we're not living on mission. Because the mission is go and make disciples. If that's the mission, that's the Great Commission, that's what Jesus' last words were, go and make disciples. I wonder why we're not doing that. I wonder why the church isn't teaching that. What are we doing? What's really happening? Now I'm scaring a lot of people. Good. Good. Because Jesus scared a lot of people when he came too. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, we got this cushy job. We're, we're Pharisees and Sadducees. We know the law. We get, to, we get to eat all of the stuff that people bring. Are you with me? Like, like, what do you mean we have to go and serve people? What do you mean we have to go and do these things? Come on, somebody. We're making disciples today. Amen? We're making disciples today. Somebody say we're making disciples. Luke 14, 25. This is a long little section. I'm going to read 11, 11 verses here. Are you ready? A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Holy monkeys. Is this the same Jesus that said, honor your father and mother? This sounds contradictory. Oh, there it is. The Bible's contradicting itself. Must not be true. Verse 27, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, but don't begin until you count the cost. 
For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Verse 29, otherwise you might uh, complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Verse 30, they would say there is a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Verse 31, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Somebody say everything you own. Oh my goodness, is he preaching this today? Verse 34, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? 35, flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Yeah, that's some good stuff today, huh? That's some good stuff today. We are going to have like 10 real Christians at church next week. It's going to be awesome. I was sharing this story as, uh, as uh, Chris was practicing um, worship this week. And I was sharing this story with her about this church in Afghanistan. And this church in Afghanistan, you've got to understand, you're not allowed to praise Jesus in this area. So they have to hide. They have to hide in places to, to be able to worship God. And, and imagine churches happening and they're, they're worshiping God. And all of a sudden these guys come in with machine guns. And they come to the front of the room they said, either denounce Jesus and leave, or you can stay and die. Well, I wonder if I'd have brought a bunch of rubber, rubber uh, weapons in here today and just scare the bejeebies out of you. Right? In a school. That'd be our last day here. <laughs> right? There it goes. There it goes. But what happened was people started leaving. They left the church, scared for their lives. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm done. And they leave. And then, he, and then as soon as everybody left, the guys with the guns put it back on their shoulder. He said, all right, now that the real Christians are here, let's worship our God. See, how many of us, how many of us are just fans? How many of us are, are living as maybe Christians, maybe believers, but disciples? I don't know about that. Are you with me? Come on, I know this stuff's scary, but it's so good. It's so good. And, and as we were reading there, the word used for disciple is the Greek word mathetes. Can you say mathetes? Mathetes, meaning learner. Now, the word learner, you have to also understand, it means learner to be like teacher. You see, some of us, oh, I'm here to learn. I'm a disciple. I've been reading the Bible. I'm learning. I'm growing. No, no, but to be like the teacher. See, we forget that part. Because the teacher, he gave up his life so that we could be free. How many of us, we, we, we serve God out of convenience, but not the same way that Jesus did? Are you with me? Come on now. I, I fall guilty of this thing too. Come on, we're all in this together. Somebody say, we're all in this together. Now, I know another part stood out to you pretty, pretty harshly in that, and it's that word hate. Did you, you remember that part? If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Now that word hate in the Greek, let's see if I can pronounce this one, is meseo. Can you say meseo? Meseo. Now that Greek word 
It means to separate oneself from. See, some of this stuff gets lost in translation. All of a sudden, we're reading the Bible, and it says that we should honor our father and mother, and then we read a few chapters later, and it says that you should hate your father and mother, and you're going like, wait a minute. How does this work? No, it says that you should separate yourself from. You should be willing to separate yourself from. From your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, your kids, because all of a sudden, only thing that matters is him. It's it. It's him. Now, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with that, and that's fine. You can disagree with the Bible all you want, but it's still the truth. You're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with what he says as a disciple. And he also says, count the cost. The cost is, your life is mine. But the benefits are, you'll get to experience all I have for you. Come on. There's so much more to it. There's so much more to it. To be a disciple of Jesus, we must be willing to separate ourselves from everyone we know and love, including ourselves, to follow and imitate Jesus. Luke 9, 57 says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 58, but Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Verse 59, he said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. I need to give you some context to that, because I think for a lot of us, when we read that, we're like, oh, I'd understand that. Like, he's got to go bury his dad. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what you're going through. That's got to be so hard, right? Would anybody agree with that? But what you need to understand, that that's not what this actually means in in this section of Scripture. What it actually means, this is a, a common saying that the firstborn son would say, because he's responsible for the family. Now, they would say these things like that when, when their dad is sitting right next to them. Like, oh, I got to, I, 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 basically saying, I'm the one in charge. I have to take care of my family. I ha- I'm responsible for them. And so he's saying, I'm responsible for my family, so I got to make sure I get to take care of all that first. Is this making more sense? Right? Because otherwise you're like, dude, man, Jesus is mean. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Wow, jerk. Right? That's how I'd feel in that moment. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Here's what he's saying. We all got stuff to do. We all have stuff to do. We think about it like this, like, no, I have things I got to take care of, so, so I can't really do this, what God's telling me to do right now, because, you know, I got to get my bills in order, and I got to get this thing in order, and I got to get my relationships in order, and I got to get all these pieces in place, and that's why I can't serve God right now. You ever heard that? come out of your own mouth come on somebody i know i have i I just can't right now like i'm building this business right now pastor i this was me back in the day i'm building my business right now pastor and so i can't i can't serve on these teams like i used to because i'm already up till the way hours of the night so coming on sunday morning to set up and tear down like i just don't have it in me Mm. can i i'm gonna be honest with you if that if that's something that's come out of your own mouth i'm gonna try and help you but you're probably not gonna get helped are you with me I'm going to try and help you. That was a mistake on my part. If I would have kept serving him, he would have kept blessing my business. The problem was is I, all of a sudden I thought the business needed me, but the business needed God. You see, when, you, when you're faithful to build his house, he's faithful to build your house. See, all of a sudden my business went sideways and backwards and everywhere else because all of a sudden I'm like, now I really don't have time to serve because I got to, now it's all falling apart, so I got to make this work. And it's, oh my gosh, Lord, where are you? He said, I was with you. 
and then you walked away from me. Come on, somebody. Are we fans or are we on mission? Are we fans or are we on mission? Is Jesus too strict, fanatical, won't let people care for their responsibilities for their families? Is he saying you're going to need to be more than a fan and be on mission with me? Come on, I know this is heavy stuff today, but I hope it sets you free. I hope it sets you free. You know, God's word says that if you seek him first and his righteousness, that he'll add all things to you. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, if I, if I take my hand off of things, is anybody spinning plates with me? Like, like you're just like constantly, you wake up in the morning, you're stressed out. Are you with me? You, you go to bed stressed out. You're like, it's not even like how many plates did I keep up, it's how many plates fell today. How many things did I fail at today? Oh my gosh. And then you sit there with your spouse and you talk about who had the worst day. Well, I didn't get the dishes done. Well, I didn't get this done. Well, I I failed at this thing, right? And we forget that it's not about any of that. When you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you, did you get the dishes done every Tuesday like you said you would? He's not going to ask you. How many people did you tell about me? How many disciples did you make? Is disciple making only for pastors? No. The Great Commission was to everybody. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, and make people to be just like me. I don't know if that's going to do anything today. It's okay. Good job. She's she's counting me down. I told them, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work today. We'll see what happens. I'll do a part two. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Wait, I'm only on point number two. (laughs) Point number two. I will be more than a fan. I will be on mission. I will be more than a fan. I will be on mission. You know what? Just like, just like me, I, got, I had to be more than a fan. I had to be more than a fan. I had to be on mission. You see, once the mission happened, you're thinking differently. You're acting differently. You're moving differently. Matthew 5, verse 3. We're going to go into the Beatitudes for a minute. For those of you who don't know what that is, you'll know in a second. Verse 3 said, God blesses. Somebody say, God blesses. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 4, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice for they will be satisfied. Verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace. Somebody say work. Work for peace. That's That's a different thing of just wanting peace, desiring peace. He blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Verse 10, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 11, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Verse 12, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember 
the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Following Jesus comes with a great price. A great price. Your life is not your own when you follow Jesus. But it also comes with great reward. I've never seen people more changed and transformed and set free. I look at just my leaders in the room, and I look at people who were depressed only months ago. I look at people who were addicted only years ago. I look at people who didn't know Jesus even a decade ago. I I see people who are broken become restored and on power and and with, with power and on purpose. Are you with me? I see God doing work inside of every single person who says, Yes, Lord, I am your servant. Send me. Does it take guts? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I got put on the kill list in, in, in boot camp. For those that are Marines, you know what that means, that they are, they are targeting you. I didn't know what that means. I was the very first person in our platoon to be put on the kill list. And, and our little house mouse, the little guy who went in and cleaned the office, came out and he said, are you recruit Kenton? I said, yes. He said, they're going to kill you. I said, what? What do you mean? Yeah, there's, a, there's, a lit, there's this thing that says kill with a line under it, and it says your name on it. <laughs> now, we figured out what that meant later, but I thought to myself, this is it. Like, I'm glad I know Jesus. I need to tell as many people about him before I go. Before I go. Are you with me? Like, I'm going to get killed. But what it was is they saw weakness in me, and they decided that they were either going to break me and make me quit, or they were going to build me into something new. Because they saw me cry. They saw me get emotional. They're like, oh, if you get emotional on the battlefield, somebody dies. So I need to make sure that you're not going to get that way. So I'm going to have to break you. Are you with me? Some of us were like, I don't know if I want to be broken. Listen, discipleship is brokenness. Discipleship is brokenness. You are going to break everything you know, every relationship that you have, and you're going to give it all up and say, Jesus, it's you and me. Whatever you have to say, whatever you want to do with my life. I promise you that if you say yes to Jesus in this way, your life will change forever. Forever. All the, all the idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies that have been over your life, all the things that have said, oh, they're a shy person, they're this person, they're that person, everything will change when you say yes to Jesus and being his disciple. Because you give him permission to start working on you on the inside. You give him permission. You won't be recognizable the same way. Oh, my goodness. I, I hate to admit this, but I, I, my 20-year my, my high school reunion's happening next year. Yep. For all you high school students, you're like, you're old, bro. You're old. Right? But I, I, I know that none of them will recognize me because I was shy, quiet, introverted, sat, sat in the corner reading my Bible by myself. The Bible says you shouldn't do those kinds of things, you know, like, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not, you're being bad. They wouldn't recognize me today. Who is this crazy guy? You don't want to be recognizable. Can I be honest with you? You don't want to be recognizable. If you're saying yes to Jesus and his discipleship, you will not be recognizable. Look at the disciples. Look at his disciples as an example. They were fishermen. And he said, drop everything you have and follow me. Matthew was a, was a tax collector. Drop it all. Yeah, he's, he's got it all, right? He's, he's got the nice house. He's got the money. He, he has, everybody hates him, but he's got everything. He says, drop it all and follow me. This is what Jesus does to his disciples. This is what he does to each and every one of us. 
If God asks you to give up everything you have for security right now, would you do it? And if the answer is no, or I'm not sure, or let me go and count the cost, let me go and make sure that my family's taken care of first, then you're missing it. That's scary, isn't it? Gosh, can a pastor preach that today? This isn't that cushy message that makes me feel good about I could start a business or I could, I could pray for somebody and see a miracle. Like, like it's not those kinds of things. No, that's because that's not what Jesus did for them. It's not. He said, stop everything you know how to do to take care of your family and just follow me. And they went, uh, some people went, um, no, I don't think so. Uh, that's, not, that's not my deal. And then others went, yeah, okay. Take, take my nets, take my boat, here we go. What are we doing? You see, when you follow Jesus, you'll get to see things that you've never seen before. That you've never seen before. You'll watch your family. You've been trying to get your family in order to take things and get it where it needs to be. Submit your family to Jesus completely and see what happens. See what happens. See what happens. They might rebel at first, but when they see the fruit of what God does in and through your life, it changes everything. It changes everything. I'm over time, but I did make it to the end, I think. We'll see. Uh, 1.1 verse, is that what I have left? 1.1 verse, Chelsea says. I don't even know. Did somebody steal this? Oh, it's in Luke. This is a pastor with ADD. Are you with me? That's how it works. Anybody have ADD in here? There's hope for you. Amen. There's hope for you. Point number three, I will be more than a casual Christian and become a disciple on mission. I will be more than a casual Christian and become a disciple on mission. What's a casual Christian? You got the t-shirt? You got the sticker on the back of your car? You listen to worship music when your friends are around? Maybe not when they're not. Are you with me? I don't listen to worship music all the time. Oh, does that offend anybody? Some of you already know that. Some of you know that because you walk into my house at times and I've got, I've got Creed playing on there, right? I live in the 1990s still. Are you with me? Like, like I write, this is going to offend some of you, but I write my messages while listening to that. Five-finger five death punch. Like, like these are the things that, that inspire me so I can hear the Lord. Are you with me? If I listen to worship, I will never get my message written because I'll be in worship. I get screwed up. Like I put worship on and Chelsea walks in. How did the message go? Right and go. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so good. Praise you, Lord. Right? I get all emotional because I'm, I'm in it with the Lord in that moment. Like he, I'm like, no, I need a fight song so I can write my message. Thank you. That's the first time I've seen that one. That's a good one. Christ's church must become more than just a big Jesus fan club and more of an army on a rescue mission for the souls of our generation. We cannot be just a big Jesus fan club. It's become that. Which, which fan club do you want to be a part of? The one with these kinds of lights or these kinds of worship or this kind of thing or that kind of thing? This is what church has become. Where are my disciples? That's what I feel like God's going to say to me. Where are my disciples? What did you do? Sorry, I just spit all over you. What did you do with the time that I gave you, Justin? Did you make disciples? Or did you just make a nice little Jesus club with nice little shirts and nice little hats with nobody knowing me? I can't live with that. I can't live with that. And if I piss off all of America just to tell the truth, of this is what Jesus said to do. I don't know how I missed it all these years. 
But if it's the truth, then I want to see people become disciples. Amen? You're too powerful to be sitting on the back row. You're too powerful to be just another guy in the crowd. You're too powerful because God's called you for such a time as this. What's your name? Dylan? Dylan. Father God, I just thank you for Dylan right now. Lord, I thank you that he's sitting in this chair right now. I thank you that he's listening to this crazy pastor just rant off and on. But Lord, I just pray that something changes in his heart. Father, that he just gets so on fire for you. So, so in touch with who you are. That he doesn't care about what people think anymore. He doesn't care about impressing somebody. He doesn't care about getting that, 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 that job, that, that, that increase that he's been looking for. He just wants you. He just wants you. If he could hear your voice, he would know what to do next. If he could hear your voice, he would know how to pray for his family. If he could hear your voice, God, I know that his family line will change from him till forever. So God, I just pray for Dylan right now to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you are doing in and here. If we want to see revival that lives more than just a couple weeks, then we have to change. We have to say, I'm done being a fan. I'm ready to go into boot camp and say, God, use me how you feel, how you see. Take my idiosyncrasies, take my fears, take my, take my Enneagram, take my whatever, my personality test, my disc test. Take everything that I am and use me for your glory. I'm shy and introverted because God made you. Do you think he's surprised? Does it mean that you have to be a crazy preacher like me? No. It just means you go and make disciples. How do you make disciples? Well, if you're shy, quiet, and introverted, you work better one-on-one, right? Then you go work with somebody one-on-one. And you go and sit with them, and you read the word with them, and you, you sharpen them, and you help them say, hey, what are you going through? What are you experiencing? Are you bringing Jesus into every one of those moments? Because if you're not, if you're just using logic, if you're just going to counseling, if you're just doing all these things, and you don't have Jesus in the middle of it, you're not going to make it. Are you with me? I know I'm way over time. I knew this was going to happen today. I've got eight minutes. I just want to go back here one more, one more time in Luke 14, verse 27. It says, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv slash giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.